Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day every season. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. If you listen to this show, but not for us, this will be the best show you've ever listened to. It's Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this Friday afternoon. Happy weekend to you as we roll into it on an uh, 4 o'clock Mountain Standard Time downhill into uh, the last real weekend of September. How about that? What a thing that is. Great to be with all of you. Thanks for letting us ride along with you on this Friday afternoon. ESPN Radio in Western Montana, SWX Montana Television across the great state. Good to be with you there. If you would like to follow along on the World Wide Web, you can do that too. 1029ESPN.com. You go there. You listen live on the Listen Live tab. Trying to make it intuitive for you. You jump into the stream anytime you'd like and catch the show live when it's on. Thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you'd like to pick up your phone and call, you can do that as well. 361-3688-361-3688, area code 406. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Feel free to text that phone number as well. In the show today, a whole bunch of everybody else and not a lot of Coulter and I, except for the question-asking portion of what we're going to do here. But we got guests galore. First of all, we're going to open things up with Jace Klusiewicz, the outstanding senior 
I don't know, running back, safety, slot receiver, everything for the Sentinel Spartans, obviously transferring into Sentinel for, uh, from uh, Frenchtown last year. He's headed to the University of Montana Grizzlies. He joined us earlier because, of course, they are on the road tonight at Butte. So he came in studio with us and uh, did, did an interview. So we'll bring that to you here right off the jump. Also, in a half an hour from now, Mike Dugar from The Athletic, 12 for the 12s. The Seattle Seahawks, a dom- not a dominant win, but an, a, a very strong win, an outstanding win over New Orleans in a, in a great game last Last Sunday, they get the Dallas Cowboys on uh, on this Sunday. Fox Afternoon's uh, game of the week is going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to this matchup. Obviously, Dallas with probably the win of the weekend. Their upset, unbelievable miracle comeback against Atlanta last weekend. They are one and one. So we'll talk to him about the week that was, but a lot more about this matchup on Sunday, which of course we will have for you right here on ESPN Radio. Happy again to be the affiliate of the Seattle Seahawks across western Montana. Noon, we will go to air with that game on Sunday and then kick off at 2.20 Mountain Standard Time against the Cowboys. Matches from Student of the Week, Maddie McNeil. She is a senior volleyball player out of Helena High. We will uh, we talk with her uh, here in this first hour as well. And then, top of the hour, we've been doing this each week. Excited about this once again. We'll have two of the three coaches in the AA uh, in the city of Missoula. Mick Morris, the head coach of Hellgate. Hellgate comes off a win up at Flathead, so they are one and one. And then Matt Johnson and the Big Sky Eagles, who had their first loss of the season against Helena High, will get those two. We tried to get Neil Daly yesterday. We couldn't get him out of Billings West. We will bring him to you today. Again, a kid who was at Sentinel High School, transferred to Billings West. He is going to Montana State after his senior season this year as a defensive end slash linebacker. He's also a tight end at Billings West for what's that worth for what that's worth. And yes, a Friday. Wouldn't be a Friday around here without the chick who doesn't know sports. So there you go. An absolutely jam-packed day with every one that you could possibly think of with us here on the radios and on your TVs. But we will not go one step further. Oh, no, no, no. Until we are properly prepared, hydrated, and energized to do so, which is why... We want to say thanks to the Florence Coffee Company for bringing us the Florence Coffee Company coffee break. Coulter, it is September. We're headed into October. We are officially in fall, and that means it is pumpkin time over at Florence Coffee Company. Get your This is the day, right? A little bit cool out. There's a little bit of precipitation in the air. Get yourself a pumpkin spice latte, any kind of pumpkin drink you want. They got all the great flavoring over there, and of course, all the regular drinks. And I even went for a hot one today. I've been doing the iced one. You will do the iced coffee regardless of season. In fact, yours is frozen solid right now, Coulter, your iced coffee over there. It's like a this is frozen solid. It's like an icicle. It's a weapon. Well, I got it earlier. I put it in the freezer because I didn't, you know, you don't want to water the thing down. I can't hate on you for being considerate. That was very nice of you. Thank you so much. Try to do it for you. And then, you know, what's going to be great is over the course of the next two hours, going to do the drip thing. That's what we should all do because, you know, it's like it's like the IV because what happens is I get it liquid and then I just bang all gone. That's why I get it with ice always. So the main line. I ain't here for a long time. Just here for a good time. Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, it's Friday. Hot, cold, or other, get your weekend started right with the Florence Coffee Company, our Florence Coffee Company coffee break. The right way to get your weekend going. Um, Coulter, we're going to get to Jace Klusiewicz, but give me two quick minutes here on the Mountain West because the Mountain West is following the Pac-12 and now the MAC as well, and everybody's decided, you know what, forget it. We're playing football now. I, I don't know how to have a take on all of this because when this was all going down, when everything was getting canceled, it seemed as if it was like, well, duh, we might as well get out ahead of it. We were actually sort of frustrated that they didn't make decisions earlier. Mm-hmm. 
And now it seems so reactionary. I get that there has been some progress made when it comes to rapid testing, the affordability of rapid testing. The fact that we've had basically what what amounts to an experiment uh, with high school football going on. I mean, right mm-hmm. now, it's actually kind of crazy. I think that out west here in Montana, we feel lucky to live where we live, but the big metropolitan areas close to us, Portland and Seattle, are so just completely and utterly awash in in all sorts of horrible things. From In Portland, you're talking about wildfires, right. protests and riots, and a pandemic. And Seattle it was one of the central entry points for the pandemic to America. Yeah. So we think of those places as just like this doomsday reality compared to where we're at. But actually, I saw a stat the other day. 73% of high school football teams are playing right now. Yeah. And we've seen an example of that. And so then when there hasn't been a lot of um, community spread because of that, I think it's made the college level reconsider I almost spit my water out on my computer when I saw, I was watching the press conference with Larry Scott, the commissioner of the Pac-12, yeah. and when him and his cronies are sitting up there, and one of the guys says, this has absolutely nothing to do with money, I just wanted to be like, you people, why can't anybody just tell the truth? But regardless, that's not what we're here for. I just, I don't know what to say about this. I'm happy for the kids on one hand, somewhat. I just don't think that what college football is and what it's all about and what makes it so special will ever be replicated this season. This season. Yeah. This this yeah. fall. No. And I, I I just wish that we could have had this widespread <laughs> no pun intended decision to just say, let's just wait until next fall. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, let's just make a plan for next fall to go no matter what. Because we sit here and keep trying to say, well, we don't know what the virus is going to do. We don't know what the medical progression is going to do. You're never going to. So I think they should have just said, let's just take the year off. It's a it's a vacation year or whatever you want to call it. But then I think the NCAA should have made some more lenient practice stuff. I think that all the teams should be able to practice like they're in season right now. Yeah. Montana, I, Montana State should be able to just practice. Full, full-fledged, not like two hours a week. Like, they should just be able to practice. Why not? Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that for sure. It's it's crazy. All right, well, from college to high school, as we mentioned, Jace Klusiewicz, outstanding football player. He's headed to the University of Montana uh, to, uh, to play for the Grizzlies after this, his senior year at Sentinel. Sentinel tonight is at Butte, and so he was uh, good enough to come by and join us a little earlier on. So here you go. Here's our conversation with him. We're happy to be joined now in studio by... Yet another uh, high school football player who is a commit to the Division One level and another University of Montana commit, this time from Sentinel High School, Jace Klusiewicz, in studio with us. Jace, thanks so much for coming down here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're, thanks for uh, having me down here. You well, know, we're great. It. We're happy to have you. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on down here. Sentinel, let's start there, man. You guys are 2-0. and You're rolling uh, here in the early part of this season. Butte, this, this Friday, though, and Butte has... Uh, they're 0-2, but have played two very, very close games, very low-scoring games. In fact, the two lowest-scoring games, I think, of the entire weekend mm-hmm. across the board in A. So you know that they're going to have that that tough Butte thing going on, great defense and all that. What do you expect this week out of the Bulldogs? You know, we expect a lot. Them, This is probably their make-it-or-break-it game. They go 0-3. They probably, the playoffs are going to be out of the picture. So we're expecting everything, and they're going to bring it all. You've been getting some reps on offense because you've been scoring so many points. So it basically limited getting the ball around to a lot of yeah. different guys. But defensively, I know that you love that side of the football. But Butte, 
I know everybody's kind of running stuff out of the gun now, but Butte's a unique challenge, right? Because it's true air raid. Are they still yep, doing that yep. this year? Fast pace, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the fact that they're running the hurry up and they're going to be running, you know, four verticals at you all the time yep. as a defensive back, what sort of challenge is that? You know, I'm excited for it because I'm excited. Uh, the last two games they threw a little bit, but not a whole lot. I'm excited to, you know, maybe get some picks and see how it goes. Narancia Stadium, one of the, uh, in fact, maybe the sort of uh, – gem of the high school level you know when you talk about just the history of the place and the setting that it's in obviously be a little bit different this year but how fun is it to play in that stadium well it'll be my first time playing there so mm -hmm. i'm i'm really excited to go out there because i mean all the guys tell me the stories about you know how crazy the fans are and how much they love butte and i'm excited to you know be part of that that's an interesting fold, right? Because you're no stranger to varsity football, but you are a stranger to class AA football, right? You oh, only yeah. got two AA games under your belt, even though you played 30-plus varsity games in your career. You're a great player at Frenchtown. Now you're playing at the highest level of football in Montana. What's the biggest differences you notice between AA and A? Uh, I'd feel like just it's more more dedication. you got to be there a lot more. The programs are a lot, a lot more caring about sports, and they uh, – they really, the the level of play is quite a bit different. It's a lot higher, I feel like. And was that part of your impetus to go from Frenchtown to Central? Like, what, what, what was it that you said, yeah, you know, for my senior year, I want to go do this uh, with, the, with the Spartans? Yeah, 100%. You know, I love Frenchtown to death, but I felt like I was just going through the motions and I wanted to uh, go out and challenge myself. I wasn't going there just to go and see if I could pick up bigger offers because I, I really knew where I was going to go. So that wasn't really a factor. It was just wanting to play with bigger and better guys. You mentioned the 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 program element of it. I mean, it's it's more dedication. It's more like a college program. You know, somebody that's been around Montana for a long time covering recruiting. That's where Sentinels turn the corner the most. Is really making it into a true mm -hmm. program. You guys have an off season yep. program. You know, you have all these different things you need to be committed to, and it seems like your group of guys is really committed to it more than anybody Coach Oliver's had to this point. But how much of that helps prepare you for what you're expecting yeah, both now and then at the next level as well? I mean, I think it'll help me a lot. Just, I mean, this whole off season we were working every day, you know, I wasn't used to that. I was used to kind of just doing my own thing in the summers and stuff. And you know, the film review, I mean, even during quarantine, we were having team meetings and everything last year when I transferred. So, I mean, I wasn't used to that really at all. I mean, we were running through plays and stuff and on zoom meetings three times a week. It was a lot of, Felt a lot more like involved in everything. When you do have though that level of required dedication, how much buy-in does that take? Because it seems as if you don't have a group of guys that are bought in, that much requirement might actually not be good for you, but it seems like you guys are so bought in. How much does it take to just yeah, be bought into it? I feel like all of our guys are bought in. You know, everyone's there all the time wanting to be there. We're having We're having fun. And I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Jason, you finally did commit to the University of Montana and now you're playing with two other guys who are already committed to go to the Grizzlies and you're going to be teammates for a long time to come is the expectation first of all obviously but how how excited are you to you know have put your name on the dotted line and say okay yeah I'm, I'm gonna stay home and I'm gonna get an opportunity to do this with Montana oh I'm so excited Montana's always been my uh been my number one just from family tradition I got a cousin playing softball there right now my dad and his brother played there obviously so you know it's a lot of tradition and I like following that and I feel like it was not my duty to do there but be there but I really I love Montana and I love the atmosphere you, you know one thing we were talking about before we even started you know recording the interview though but 
you could go either side, maybe both directions. Who knows in terms of offensive and defensive. But the defense that Bobby Houck has brought seems like it might suit you to an absolute T when you talk about you as a secondary and then multiple safety look that they yeah. is really just their base look. Have you thought about that in terms of, of where you might fit? And, and have you talked to the, the coaches about that, to Shan or whoever it might be, uh, Coach uh, Coach Bear, uh, about where what your role could possibly look like with that defense? Yeah, I mean, at first they both they recruited me as kind of both, so I was just on the fence, and then they asked me where I really wanted to play in college, and I told them I was I want to play safety in college. So, and then I just talked to Shan, and we talked about about all the formations and everything they do. So, I mean, I think I'll fit really well in there, probably behind Robbie, and I'm pretty close with Robbie, so it'll be cool to get to play with him too. Have you guys had a relationship with their their family? Because your dad is about the same age as, as Bobby, right? And so, and you yeah. you know you and Robbie are similar ages too. So, have you known the Hawks for a long time? Yeah, I have known the Hawks for a while. He, he actually coached with my dad's older brother. They coached at a couple places. I'm not positive where, but so they've always been. We've always been close, and you know our families know each other. So that that was nice getting to know Bobby before you know him just recruiting me. You're recruiting, and this group of guys in Montana, too. First of all, I think objectively it's uh, a more talented class in Montana. Seen in a little while. You have a lot of guys that are guys that could be potential FBS guys, uh, multiple three-star recruits, including yourself. But also I feel like we're seeing this transition to Montana, too, where now guys know how to kind of get their names out there. You guys mm-hmm. kind of know how to get recruited yep. yourself, too. I mean, you look at like the Iden kid, Kenneth Iden from Bozeman. Yeah, he did such a great job of just putting his film out there. You know, a lot of guys are doing that, too. Now we have Huddle. We have Twitter. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of send it all around. I know you yourself, you got out and went to some camps. So take us through that process. I mean, what was it like? You went to a camp at Ohio State, right? Yeah. So what was it like going to camps like Ohio State, Marshall, places like that, and and getting your name out there like you did? And and how much do you think that helped kind of raise your recruiting profile? You know, I think it helped a lot. I also think I also went over and played 7-on-7 with uh, Tracy Ford. Mm, Over over in Seattle, yeah. Yeah, he helped a lot with my recruiting, you know, told me what I needed to do, how I needed to get my name out there. It's all about just you contacting them. You got to go out and do it because they're not, I mean, unless you're top of the line, they're not really going to come to you. You got to go and do it. Is it, I love, I think Tracy Ford does a great job and he's helped so many guys in that area, but it can get a little bit nefarious, right? It can get, a, there's some guys that want to help you and some guys that just want to take your money. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you re- how do you get to the place where you find a guy that you can trust that, you know, you're getting advice that you know is in your best interest? Let's be clear. Everybody wants to take your money. Well, sure. uh, some guys also want to help you well, while totally, they take your totally, money. But like, Tra- yeah, I mean, yeah. Tracy's doing it for the right reasons, though, no, right? Like, Tra- just, I mean, Tracy's got a pipeline going I on. I hear here. you. I hear you. I'm just but, I mean, is, it, uh, do you have to kind of find somebody that you trust? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I got I lucked out with Tracy. I knew he had a lot of big names and stuff, so, I mean, that was cool. And he, he reached out to me, so I felt, you know, I felt like that was cool. I didn't have to reach out to him. He reached out to me, so I felt like he was taking me in and actually cared, so... Jace Klusiewicz joining us, uh, uh, a safety slot receiver, every other thing, kick returner, touchdown Central maker, high school, uh, and uh, playing his senior year there before going on to the University of Montana uh, next year. Let's bring it back to Sentinel for a moment. This is a program that has been building for a little while now under Coach Oliver, and you know they've had now a lot of really talented players kind of matriculate through multiple guys going to both the Cats and the Grizz among other places. Uh, but as a team, they've also kind of been growing a little bit had you know several years ago had a I think a pretty big upset win in the postseason and then the next season when it kind of 
lost a lot of close games. And then last year had a really nice playoff run, but yeah. haven't actually done it. You know, haven't yeah. gotten to the state championship game, won the state championship game. When you come into a program for your first year, how how important is it to you, obviously for this season that you're playing, but to think about sort of the, the arc of what the program has been on and the guys who've been there the whole way through that you're sort of joining on this yeah. journey? I mean, we knew, we all know we have the talent and everything, but it's all about, it's not really about that. We gotta be all be bought in and be selfless. That's what he's teaching us and that's what we're all going on for each other. You know, we want each other to succeed. We don't care about our stats or anything. We just want to go out there and win. And from what I've heard from the past, you know, they maybe not didn't have that the whole team bought into that. So I think that's that's our main focus this year is, you know, just go out there and be selfless and try and get the win and don't worry about yourself. There's these you and, and Gino and and TJ all all committed to the Grizz, but there's a couple other guys on the team that could be college guys oh, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, Big Dylan Rollins. I know he has an interesting decision to make because he's got ties to a lot of different places mm-hmm. he's getting recruited by. But are you guys ever putting the, the heat on him, saying, oh, "Hey, yeah. come be a Grizz with us"? Oh yeah, I put the heat on him every day, and now, <laughs> and now I got a new one. I got Zach Cruz. He right, just right. got offered, so you know, I got to suck up to him, get him, you know, <laughs> get him where I want him to be. I got to tell you, this is no slight to settle. This is just the way that it is. But I cannot believe, you never could have convinced me in my life 10 years ago that Sentinel would be this pipeline to the Grizz. And all of a sudden it is. And I think I think it's fascinating. I think it's a great credit to Coach Oliver and the program he's built, no doubt. But I, I just find it so fascinating that the, all of a sudden Missoula Sentinel is this hot spot where University of Montana is going to get all of his recruits. Well, it is interesting, too. I mean, the city of Missoula in general right. be, didn't – the city of Missoula would create recruits to the University of Montana, but it was never really filtered through generally one school. I mean, it was all four, including Loyola, uh, would That's have true. kids going through. And now, you know, it's sort of bottlenecked over at Sentinel. And I think that there's, you know, a number of reasons why, both on the field and, and just broadly, right, that that's been the case. But uh, it's a nice wave to ride at the moment, right, Jason? I mean, no you got, got, a, got, a good, got a good crew over there. Who do you think is your biggest competition across the state at the AA level? Um, probably Helena High, I've heard. You know, I'm still getting used to all the other teams and everything because, yeah. I mean, it's my first year being in AA. I mean, I know all the A teams and how they usually are. But uh, I've heard that Helena High is pretty legit. They got a pretty stud quarterback. Mm-hmm. So uh, they'll probably be big. And then uh, on the other side, West and Senior are both looking really good. The dynamic that you're not going to get to see anybody from the East, is that weird? That is weird. I mean, because you can base, you know, you base the little games off of who plays who in the early season just to give yourself a, you know, a little thought of how it's going to go, but not this year. We were talking to Gina Leonard about this earlier this week, but the scores around Montana, people are just lighting up. It used to be like 35 points in Montana. High School football you. was a lot. Right? Except you. Well, yeah, Butte, Butte's keeping it down. Even though they're the ones throwing the ball uh, over Right, right. It's, it's funny because they were kind of the pioneers. Not, I shouldn't say pioneers, but they were on the forefront of being the team that was running the air raid. I mean, right. they were doing this all the way back in 2012 when they had Dallas Cook and they won that state championship. Right. But, I mean, what, is there a reason that you think that the games have been so high scoring early um, on this year? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe lack of practice we've all had. Maybe defensive tackling's not. I don't know getting as many reps so the offense is just slinging it around it's the only thing i could think yeah no it is interesting well ryan mentioned some of these teams for the last couple years and i know that there's this contingent right now going to montana and there's been a couple guys recently from central that are at montana already there's some guys that are playing for the cats too i know the cats are recruiting you really hard 
what was that experience like? Because you're the son of a former Grizz. Your uncle played for the Grizz. You probably thought of dream and dreamt of being a Grizz since you were a oh, little yeah. kid. But then all of a sudden, you know, Coach Choate's rolling out the red carpet for you, and, you know, oh, yeah. they're trying to get you to swing to the other side. Was that weird? What was it like? I mean, I really loved it at first, to be honest with you. Yeah, I because mean, I mean, they really, they really well, do roll you? it out for you, right? Oh, yeah, they bring it out. I yeah. mean, they're in your ear all the time. So, I mean, I really did like it. And then I just, you know, it really did come down to what they had to offer because I'm going to go into pharmacy. So the U has a great pharmacy program. So that, that was a big part of it. I mean... Yeah. Were you ever thinking about the cats? I definitely was, I'd say. And then I kind of just, I mean, they give a lot of love, but I feel like they give it to everyone. No right. And so then how does Coach Houck bring you back around? Because it seems to be that when Coach Houck sits you down and tells you this is what we want from you and this is what we expect of you, you're probably going to be like, yeah, I'm probably going to do that. I know yeah. what he says. If you want to continue being friends of our family, <laughs> if you want to say hello, if you want to hang out with Robbie, this is what it's going to be. Yep. Right? You That's know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Recruiting around Thanksgiving is is, 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 is quite a thing. Well, but on, on that note, though, I mean, Coach Houck being back, now, I know he's going now. It's been a couple of years, but uh, you're, you're probably more familiar with his first tenure than a lot of guys around Montana just mm-hmm. because of your family ties and things like that. But what do you just think of the broad concept of Coach Houck being back? And, and what do you think of the thought of playing for him? Yeah, I love it. I think he's bringing the uh, physical and, you know, Montana. I felt like we went to more of a all caring about offense stage with Stitt and those other guys. But now I think it's back to, you know, hard nosed football. And I really like that being kind of a hard nosed player on defense. I really like the thought of that. Well, Jace, we appreciate you coming down here, man. Uh, congratulations here on the early portion of your season and excited to Thank watch you. Sentinel the rest of the way through. We're pumped up about that. And then obviously you and, and the boys heading on to uh, Montana or other points, depending on, on uh, where, where some guys decide oh, yeah. ultimately to go. But we're, uh, we're looking forward to 2020 anyway. Happy we got it going in 2020 right yeah. here. And wish you the best. Thanks for being here. Thank you, guys. There you go, Jace Klusowicz. Good to talk to him, man. Cool, cool kid to talk to, and uh, yeah, I mean he's he he's kind of he's got it on the football thing and just in general, right? I mean you get you get the sense of a of a of a very strong confidence, you know, but that's also very approachable type of kid in Jace Klusowicz, and uh, you know I'm excited to watch him play a couple of games this season with Sentinel, and then obviously beyond with the University of Montana. Um, I want to just quickly, Coulter, what we have about 60 seconds here to mention, too. So uh, uh, Dylan Rollins, one of the mm-hmm. guys that we're talking about, depending on where guys go, he's obviously the, the headliner in terms of who hasn't you know, committed yet. Yep. I saw on Twitter today, Oregon State tweeting, have a great game tonight against Butte. And then it's like him and his number but in an Oregon State jersey in the Oregon State back it is bizarre man like you you talk about this all of the time but like the just the slobbering that happens over these kids to try and like you know make them feel one way or another or whatever and I think a lot of kids I, I'm giving some high school kids here a lot of credit right or there's I mean I think there's some kids who are like all about it and everybody wants to be liked or whatever but I think there's some kids that are like really okay Enough. I get it. You you want me to come play football for you? Appreciate it. How do I put this? Badly? Poorly? The way that Stanford and Notre Dame has their recruiting pared down for them Mm. because only a certain amount of kids can get into those schools. So Stanford does not have to try to recruit the top 1,000 guys in California. They can only recruit 50 of them because the rest of them can't get in. 
it's going to be a similar factor for Bobby Houck and the Montana Grizzlies. Mm. If you're a type of guy that's begging for that kind of stuff or wants that kind of stuff, that's going to be the thing that's going to sway you. It ain't happening, and they're yeah. not going to give it to you, and so it's going to be a mutual party <laughs> yeah. of ways. Yeah. It's, it's really true. It's a good point. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. On the other side, Mike Dugar, good friend from The Athletic. He covers the Seattle Seahawks, writes for The Athletic, also does the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast. Going to join us 12 minutes for the 12s. Seahawks playing Dallas Sunday. What that game going to have for us, Dugar is going to tell us next. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. A little bit more elaboration there. Sentinel senior Wyatt Keyes had a free kick that he lofted towards the upper left-hand corner of the goal. It deflected off the Hellgate goalkeeper's hands, but Hunter Chantrian, he put it back in to tie the match at 2-2. Two to two. This is with seconds left, so this wow. is like almost at the horn. I'm t- I mean, again, I'll restate it. Hellgate hasn't lost in 60-plus matches, and they haven't even been tied in 17 matches. Yeah. That's a great effort by Sentinel because Hellgate is straight stacked. What a great, what a great game! Congratulations, good for both teams. Love it. It's two telling the one is one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Friday, and around this time every Friday, we want to do something for Seahawk fans out there. So we bring in somebody who knows something about the Seahawks, notably not Coulter or me. Is Mike Dugar, our friend from the Athletic? He covers the Seattle Seahawks for the Twelves. It is twelve for the Twelves. He covers the Seahawks for the Athletic and for the Twelves. You, you see what I'm saying there? <laughs> what I'm yeah, something like that. We go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in Mike. Mike, great to be back with you. Thanks for being here with us. We want to talk a lot about this Cowboys game, but just quickly, since we haven't visited, what a game on Sunday night in CenturyLink Field. It felt like Seattle was absolutely dominant in that game, and then I look up, and the Patriots are driving to win the game. L.J. Collier, the biggest play of his young career, uh, to uh, to make the stop there at the end. But what did you think just about the game, and what does that say about the Seahawks to you, their win over the Patriots Sunday? Uh, well, it was really nice to see Pete Carroll kind of stick with the whole establish the Russ or uh, let Russ cook kind of thing going on because it worked so well in week one. And there were all the reasons for someone like Pete Carroll to deviate from that and week two just because of how nasty the Patriots secondary has been uh, in recent years. They had the nastiest secondary in the league last year. So there was all the reason for Pete Carroll to to have a valid excuse in his mind uh, to revert back to what he's more comfortable with. And he was like, now let's throw the rock even against the best cornerback in the league, um, against the team that plays the best man coverage in the league. So that was encouraging on that side of the ball. And then Russ delivered, right, through five touchdowns. Went right at Gilmore, went at J.C. Jackson, went at uh, the McCourty Twins. Like, he was he was all over it. From that um, from that view, it was excellent. The defense was not. Um, and it has a little bit of a caveat. Um, I think most teams would be, they would give up a lot of passing yards if they were down to their third string free safety. Yeah. I would just kind of, the best secondary ever. This is, it's a third string guy for a reason. And I think that gets a little bit lost when we look at the numbers, which is fair. 
because um, you just want to evaluate guys. They're all getting paid. They all put cleats on, so you have to judge them. But I do think that game goes differently from a passing perspective in terms of what Cam Newton was able to do, particularly over the middle of the field, if they at least have Marquise. Maybe they could have uh, survived without Quandre, but like losing Quandre and Marquise within, I don't know, three plays of each other yeah. was, was too much, uh, I think, for the secondary to kind of overcome. I think I looked it up this week. The Seahawks have given up 23 explosive pass plays through two weeks. That's the most any team has given up through the first two weeks since 2000. Uh, and that's, that's bad. Um, so that's, that was the, my kind of takeaway from week two. It was like, okay, so this secondary might not deliver the whole pass defense. I won't put it on the guys in the back end alone. The pass defense as a whole probably won't be where I thought it was. Mike, what's up, man? Thanks so much for being with us. One thing Ryan and I butt heads on all the time, I refuse to anoint anybody until I see them with my own eyes prove themselves, but I'm absolutely ready to eat all the crow about DK Metcalf. I knew he had a ton of upside, and I knew he came on really strong towards the end of last year, but watching him go toe-to-toe and blow-for-blow with Stephon Gilmore was eye-opening to me. I thought it was an unbelievable coming-of-age moment for the kid. I know he's already already produced at a high level, but what did you think of the way he was able to go toe-to-toe with, in my opinion, the best cornerback in the league? Yeah, I thought that was um, that was really impressive. That's what I wrote about Monday morning. Um, DK Metcalf is not afraid of anyone. And that's not to say other receivers are. I just know DK is not. Well, he He's shouldn't be. To... I mean, look at him. My goodness, who's he going to be afraid of? Yeah, it's, it, you're right. He should not be like the other guy. Should have to worry about him. Yeah. You know, I, I, I joke about <laughs> that kidding. with uh, with Bobby Wagner each week. We ask Bobby, not we. I don't ask him this. But he gets asked usually when the other team has like a good running back or quarterback. You know, what's the key to stopping insert here? And Bobby, you know, gives a polite answer, which is fine. And then Bobby, you know, just says whatever. And then I'm thinking, well, I mean, the other team should be worried about Bobby. Right? Like this, Bobby's the better player in most of those. Ma- like even this week, it makes a perfect example. It's like, what do you, it's like, um, Bobby, what are you going to do to stop Ezekiel Elliott? And Bobby's like, well, I'm going to tackle him for one. Um, well, that's actually it. And then, it, but on the flip side, it's like, okay, well, Zeke's got to worry about Bobby, too. Like, all week in their scouting report, I'm sure there was a guy in a green jersey or a yellow one wearing 54, you know, on their scout team uh, this week. So, uh, it's the same thing with DK. Like, at this at this point, when the other team practices for the Seahawks, there should be someone in a yellow jersey or orange, whatever they use, wearing 14. Right? Even the Patriots. And I think DK's kind of established... Uh, himself is one of those guys you got a game plan for every week, or he's going to burn you. I think that was Sunday night was the night he came became Seattle's number one receiver. Mike, you mentioned the defensive struggles so far for the Seahawks, and here's my question: I'm not going to ask you if it is sustainable because I don't really know if we can predict if it is or not. I think that the Seahawks right now have a quarterback who's playing better than anybody in the league. They are buying into that strength and letting him as everybody keeps saying let Russ cook and I think they have enough they have a couple elite guys on defense that are helping keep it together to at least you know make sure that they can lay enough points on the other team but the to me watching the Seahawks it's been amazing to watch what is elite but it's also been amazing to watch the definitive weaknesses that they have on both lines what does Seattle need to do to continue to mitigate and overcome the weaknesses they have in the trenches? I mean, I don't think there's much you can do to scheme up like pressure 
really. I mean, you can blitz, but I mean, that's a, that's not like a revolutionary act. Uh, and B, you leave your secondary exposed when they don't get, when, if your blitzes don't get home, I think the Seahawks, uh, shout out to our guy, Shil Kapadia at the athletic, uh, I think he sent me the stat this week. The Seahawks are like seventh in blitz frequency right now, which is way higher than I'm sure they would like to be. Um, some of that is due to having Jamal Adams, uh, I would assume. Uh, but their pressure rate is actually pretty decent. I think if they're in the 12 to 15 uh, range in the league, which is fine. I think their total pressure is rank eighth um, in the league. So they're they're getting some decent pressure. The problem is once you dive even further into it, you realize that of their 23 quarterback pressures, their strong safety has 25% of them. Problem. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really know how you fix that other than guys playing better. Like, there's it, it, not a ton of, like, work you can do. Guys have to – a lot of football does come down to you beating the guy in front of you. I mean, that's generally, like, how it works. You line up across people and you hit each other, right? Whoever's better at it wins. That's kind of how this goes. The Seahawks were in this problem last year. Like, oh, what can they do to fix the pass rush, blitz more, whatever, run more games, stunts, whatever. Oh, you can try all that. But at the end of the day, when you line up and they see hike, yeah, beat the dude in front of you, and if you can't, you'll suck. Um, I think they'll still have decent pressure numbers um, through without the whole season, to be honest, as long as Jamal's healthy. They'll still probably hover at like an average team in terms of pressure. The problem is the D-line, once you isolate them, what they're, what they're probably just going to validate pro football focus is 32nd ranked grade that they got preseason. I don't think the D-line in a vacuum is going to you know, put up crazy numbers. Mike Dugard joining us. He covers the Seahawks for the Athletic. Joins us every Friday here on 12 for the 12. Speaking of that, D-Line, there's a lot of scuttle going on on social media and just around the league right now about Seattle making, maybe making some moves. I know you were tweeting all offseason about how Seattle does have some money and that the reason they didn't re- re-sign your Davion Clowney had little to nothing to do with money. But there's a, rumors out there Snacks Harrison might be coming to town. I've heard even Clay Matthews maybe. But the Snacks Harrison one specifically, I mean, he's a guy that was an all-pro once upon a time, and he's only 31 years old still. He's been weighing maybe retiring or not, but he's an elite inside player on the defensive line. What sort of addition would that be, and how much validity is there to the, the, the rumors that are going around right now? Um, there's a – take you guys behind the curtain a little bit. There's a transaction list that comes out every day since the league and every team – or excuse me, since every team in the league, on who visits what teams. However, only so many people have access to that transaction list. There is one that comes out that has, oh, this guy got waived, this guy deactivated, this guy suspended, this guy's reinstated. Like, you guys have probably seen screenshots of that. So when people have things that say, oh, so-and-so visited so-and-so, that's, that's all official for the most part. Like, it comes from Field Yates, and it comes from Aaron Wilson in Houston, Tom Palacero, all of that is like, I wouldn't even classify that as rumors. That's all. They're, they're getting that 90% of the time from something that is like sent out to people that is official. Um, so Snacks definitely came in. Uh, is, it, is something going to happen? Uh, I, would, I would guess so. It doesn't happen as fast as in previous years in terms of signing outside guys because of the COVID test. I think you have to pass like three over like four days, five maybe, uh, to get in the building. Right, so let's say you lose a guy on IR Sunday. It's not as simple as, okay, come in Tuesday, we sign you, you practice Wednesday. It's, oh, we heard a guy got hurt Sunday, MRI Monday. We find out we're screwed. Tuesday morning we bring you in. You test, test again. Then you wait, test again. And then we can sign you, like, next Tuesday or something. So it, it, it takes a little bit. So, yeah, I would imagine he comes in. 
it'd be good depth. I don't know how much like individual production he would bring, but right now I think Puna and uh, Jay Reed are both playing a lot of snaps. So if nothing else, he would be a good breather uh, for those guys. But I don't really know where they can get extra like trenches help from elsewhere. I really don't think there's if you're on if you're unemployed in like week three, you're probably not that great. Right? So I don't know where the help can really come from other than yeah, bringing in a, a backup defensive tackle like Snacks. Mike Dugard joining us, uh, covers the Seahawks for the Athletic. Let's focus in on this game on Sunday, uh, Mike. The uh, the Seahawks and the Cowboys, a much-anticipated matchup. The Cowboys are a team that, you know, continue to come into, it seems like, every season with a lot of hype, and they have uh, served that hype on offense and not at all on defense, and they needed a miracle to beat a bad Atlanta team to avoid being 0-2. Nonetheless, you look at the weapons and you say, wow, well, this feels like a pretty good team. What is your assessment of this matchup overall for the Seattle Seahawks Sunday? I think the Cowboys are going to be good. I, I, I think they'll be, at least offensively, their defense might just stink all year. Um, that, 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 that might be a thing. Um, but I think the, the Cowboys offense is going to put up numbers. I think I predicted like a five-point win for Seattle or something like that. I took the over. Um, everyone should if they're going to gamble. Uh, always take the over. So um, I think I think it's a it's a scary matchup just because there's so many there's so much newness uh, right like on on the Seahawks side of it you won't have Rasheem Green he's on IR um, Alton Robinson may play but it's be his first ever NFL game um, I think Jordan Brooks is going to start at Sam his first start Ugo Amadi's not new necessarily but he's a guy that if you need a third down they're probably going to throw at you and we'll see how you respond. I think Google gave up like three first downs, um, of on like eight targets or something like that, uh, against the Patriots. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how that, that works. So that, that, those are some issues I'm worried about. The good news is that they have Shaq, they have Quinn, they have Quandre, they have, um, Jamal. They should be able to make enough plays. Cause it's not like in when they, with that foursome of, of DBs is getting cooked. Right, like in regulation or in like non-garbage time minutes uh, against the Falcons, they were fine. You know, they weren't getting worked up and down the field. And I imagine that's probably what will be the case. There'll be some big plays, but it won't be as long as everyone stays healthy. Those guys shouldn't give up a bunch. But you're only as strong as your weakest link, especially on defense. So if there's anything that Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott can see as a weakness, uh, they're definitely going to exploit it if they're smart. And I consider all of those guys to be. So there could be some really like untimely uh, miscues by some of these young guys who are starting. You know, Seattle, if they were to win this game, would obviously be 3-0. and And 3-0 and against a bad Atlanta team, but tr- still traveling across the country, beating what I think is still a good New England team, it seems to me, and a Dallas team that, you know, that we'll see. But I think, you know, a lot of people expect to be pretty good. How important, though, would it be to be 3-0 and when you talk about the division? Because it is going to be an absolute dogfight all season long, it seems to me, in the NFC West. So how big is this game as a, as, a, as a Week 3 game, which, you know, the whole world certainly doesn't hinge on it. But nonetheless, this is going to be a, a, a season that is going to be contested the whole way through for that division title. As, cra- as crazy as it sounds, if we're thinking big picture, I wouldn't even really focus on the record that much because it can be deceiving. Um, I mean, even last year it was, right? Like, and it's weird because Seahawks fans didn't really want to admit their record was deceiving, but had no problem saying Green Bay's was. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was very similar, right? Like, both teams got benefit of luck. Like, 538 has been a good job of, like, tracking, like, luck uh, in football, injury luck, um, 
and just like fumbled recoveries, which are entirely random. Um, and some other things that are just so random in football, they benefited from. Uh, like last year, Seattle benefited from two kickers missing game-winning opportunities. Like that in division games. Right? Like that's a huge swing right there uh, with the, the Zerline, I think, missed one, and whoever the hell was backing up uh, Robbie Gold last yes. year missed one. So, like, you have those two, like, just right there, that's luck, right? If those kickers make those kicks, it doesn't impact how you guys played on the field at all. Right? It, it doesn't do anything. So, I think I'm just looking at how the product looks, how the numbers bear out. Um, being a really good run defense right now is encouraging. Being a really bad pass defense right now is discouraging. Uh, being a really good passing offense, I think the best one in the league uh, by DVOA, that's great. That the best team in DVOA is you in passing is probably going to go to the Super Bowl um, as long as their defense doesn't become their Achilles heel. So I, I think just looking at some of the turnovers, forced pressure numbers, all of those things will usually dictate how good your team like will be in in the postseason run. That's why some people didn't feel very confident in Seattle because they were, I think they at one point they had like an even point differential and were like ten and two. So like that that's a problem. So as long as as long as the point differential solid and some other really metrics or other important metrics are really good, then I'll feel good about this team in the grand scheme uh, compared to some of their like uh, foes in the division. Because yeah, you can have a good record, but if like you got a negative point differential, you're giving up a bunch of sacks, you're bad on third down. Like there's other things that can like lead to wins, but ultimately will be your demise come postseason when everybody's good. Mike, man, we appreciate it very much. Go follow him on Twitter, at Mike Dugar. You can also read his stuff at The Athletic. does a great job covering the Seahawks. Also listen to the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast, which you can get wherever you get your podcast, and check him out there as well. Mike, you're a legend. We appreciate you always. We'll see you next week. I appreciate you guys having me. Take care. Mike Dugar, every Friday, 12 for the 12s. There you go. Everything you need to know heading into week three, Seahawks-Cowboys. Again, noon, we will go to the pregame. Here on ESPN Radio, and then 2.20, the kickoff for the afternoon uh, kickoff against the Dallas Cowboys game of the week, afternoon game of the week uh, on Fox Television, of course, here on 102.9 ESPN Radio. On the other side, it's our Matches from Student of the Week, Maddie McNeil. She's a senior out of Helena High. She's a volleyball player there and also went on a big, big trip. We'll tell you all about it right after this. Hey, Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy. It is cooling off outside but it's heating up at curse polaris you get in there you still got all the dirt bikes in the world Husqvarna, beta you can go get a great deal on a brand new dirt bike if that's your thing you also get a nice razor performance side-by-side top performance side-by-side of the industry get you anywhere you want to go and it can get you there in a hurry if you want to start pre-ordering winter gear winter snowmobiles sleds all that they got it for you as well and the best accessories, the best clothing, the best safety equipment, everything you need to recreate in the state of Montana the right way. They got it at Kurtz Polaris. Two great locations, again, in Missoula at 2904 West Broadway and Highway 83 in Sealy. Any season, every season, the way you always envisioned with Kurtz Polaris, online at KurtzPolaris.com. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. 
With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. On Twitter, at Gus Tutel. Go follow along there at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT as well. All you're up to the moment. Big Sky Conference sports information, news, etc. It's available there. Try and help you out. You know what I mean? Well, we go now to the Rangich Brothers RV phone line, and we're happy to welcome in our Mattress Firm Student of the Week. She's a senior volleyball player at Helena High School. Maddie McNeil joining us. Maddie, thank you so much for being with us. You guys are having a great start to your season undefeated, 3-0. and you got Glacier coming up this week, but first of all, you just got to be happy that you're actually playing volleyball at this point, right? Yeah, for sure. How is the season? I mean, obviously you're 3-0, and so that's great, but in terms of just the team and how you guys have sort of come together amidst you know varying circumstances like that, what's that been like for you? Well, we're just super blessed and thankful that we were even able to play together and have the opportunity to just still be able to play volleyball this season. So we're just really making the most of it and controlling everything that we can control just to allow us to continue to have a great season. I know there's a lot been made of the various rule changes and things like that. What to you is most different in volleyball? I mean, is there anything weird or is it just kind of the same? I mean, what what's different that uh, the way you guys are operating just within a certain match? Well, it's definitely weird just having to wear our masks like on the sidelines and we can't really like be close. You know, usually after we get a point or something, we all come in and celebrate and hug each other. And so we can't really like be all close anymore you know and on the bench we all have to sit like spread out so that's kind of different too but we're just trying to it's we're just trying to get used to it i guess and just make the most of it have you come up with any great socially distant cheers like where you slap the ground or something like that or your chair and do that thing (laughs) yeah well we like on the bench we like run around our chairs kind of like around the chair and then on the court we uh like, well, high-five forearms, I guess, like not our hands, but like forearms or like our feet, too. So, yeah, we, we, we've come up with some creative ideas. Okay, the foot five and the old dance around the chair. I love it. That is very creative. <laughs> yeah. uh, excellent work. Hey, Maddie McNeil joining us. He's our Matches from Student of the Week. And, Maddie, this is very cool as well. I love traveling, love international traveling. And you went to Guatemala with your church, right? And among other things, you were helping to rebuild a church that was there in the first place. But how did you get connected just with the idea and, and the thought that you actually wanted to travel to Central America? Um, well, it was actually like my church's youth group. So I, I went with a bunch of other like young high school kids my age and like some adults too but um it was actually our first year that we decided to like go to guatemala so it was like a whole new thing we were kind of the guinea pigs but i just thought it would be a really really just like inspiring experience and i just was like well i might never have the chance to do this again so i was super excited to go and it was an amazing experience and i'm super happy that i had the opportunity to go to guatemala and just like experience a different culture and it was it was really amazing what was the thing that surprised you the most, like that you were not expecting down there? 
Um, well, they're, like, so just happy. Like, they're just, like, the happiest people and the most welcoming people that you would ever meet. And, I like, compared to living in America, it was just so just shocking, I guess, because our country is just more of, like, a material country. That's just kind of how our society is. And down there, they have a lot less than we do. But, yeah, they're still so happy and thankful for everything that they have. It really changed my perspective on my life and was like, I don't really need all of these things. You know, I can still be happy and blessed just with what I have. Just be thankful that I'm even like alive, you know, man, try doing a radio show with Colton Nuanas every day. You want to see angry and cantankerous. I mean, this guy's just <laughs> because so I wish we all lived like we lived in Guatemala. <laughs> Maddie's got it nailed. That's the only reason I'm angry. Cause I wish we didn't care about the things we care about. <laughs> um, Maddie, I think one of the funnest parts and uh, one of the, the most interesting parts about traveling abroad is the food. What What did you think of the food? Did, did you eat anything weird or anything that you love that you wish you could have in America? Um, well, we had like beans like every single meal, and that was uh, that was uh, that really uh, got to us a little bit. <laughs> but um, they had this like bread, and it was like sweet bread. It was, like, the most delicious bread ever. I don't even know how to explain it. There were little rolls, but, like, it was sweet. That was really, really good. That was, like, a little dessert that we had. But most of the meals were beans and rice and, like, just, like, like you know, there wasn't much variety, but that's just kind of how their culture is, you know? And so that was, that was definitely one of the more challenging things, for sure, was just the food. And tell us a little bit more about building the actual church that you guys were working on what was that process like and did, did you learn some construction skills along the way yeah so we were working on like their courtyard outside of their church and so we learned like how to like tie rebar and we had to we didn't get like a whole lot done just because we were only there for we only worked for five days but we still got like quite a decent amount done um we tied rebar and started like building rebuilding like the walls outside of their courtyard and then we also helped um do some construction on a few other homes outside of the church that like the people um in the church community like we worked on some of i think two of their homes too so we, we did more than just the church too we we kind of branched out and did some more construction over there too well, Maddie, that's fantastic. That's a, that's an awesome mm-hmm. story. It's it's awesome that you did it, and uh, and good, good luck here in your senior year. Do you have plans after this year when you're done there at Helena High? What you think you might want to do? Um, no, I'm not like I'm I'm very undecided right now. I mean, I said I think I want to go into psychology for my major, but I'm not sure where I want to go yet or anything. So I'm still I'm still working on that part. Uh, you got months and months. You're fine. You just yeah. play your senior <laughs> year here and let it play out. But we wish you the absolute best there in Helena, obviously with the volleyball as well, and uh, and your game against Glacier. Try and make it four and zero here, and we appreciate you sharing some of the stories with us. Okay. Thank you so much. There you go. That's how you do it. Maddie McNeil, our Mattress Firm Student of the Week. You can nominate your favorite student, somebody who's doing great things, whether it's athletically, whether it's academically, doing things in their community, giving back, going to Guatemala, whatever it might be. Go to mattressfirmmt.com. You can nominate your student. They could be the student of the week. They'll have a story done on them from our friends over at SWX Montana Television that will run. They'll come here. They'll do an interview, and they'll also be running in the running. They'll be the Mattress Firm Student of the Year, receiving a $3,000 scholarship in the spring from Mattress Firm. So very, very cool. Again, mattressfirmmt.com to go nominate your student today. 
Hour one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Mick Morris, Matt Johnson, Neil Daly, and the chick who doesn't know sports. Jam-packed, finish to the week right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 